0: yet let's continue on our learning of tefillah of amidash mona esray women's tefillah and so forth so now let's continue and now we're in the section here of the amida where we're talking about our redemption so here we daven and we say see our afflictions and champion our cause and redeem us quickly for the sake of your name for you are a strong redeemer you are the source of all blessing my master redeemer of israel so geulah is normally translated as redemption and this blessing appears in the section of very personal petitions for wisdom health livelihood and spiritual improvement so why is this blessing of redemption included among this request so you would think that it belongs with our national prayers for redemption beginning with the blessing of the ingathering of exiles and ending with the blessing named kingdom of david Amalek. And so the answer to this question will give us insight into other initial blessings. So even though they are expressed in the plural, voicing the needs of many, they are essentially private appeals reflecting our own personal needs. For example, the powerful words of, of, um, of this are taken in part from Psalms where it's expressed in the singular form, see my suffering and rescue me, champion my cause and redeem me. Another example of this format is in the blessing for healing and health, where the words of the prophet Yemiyahu are expressed in the singular, and it says, heal me, my master, and and let me be healed. Save me, and let me be saved, for you are my glory. So the more personal the prayer, the more it affects you to a point where the words you are saying become part of you. And through prayer, you can also identify with other Jews who are going through the same experience. And through the plural expression of the Siddur, we unite with Jews everywhere. So in this sense, every private petition resonates universally amongst our people. So what is Geula? Redemption. If we were to survey the sources of this word, we will find numerous meanings and typically refers to an instance when a good person will redeem a slave or a captive, but the term is much broader. It even refers to the land of Israel. So throughout the land you'll hold and you must provide for the redemption of the land. Redemption is the restoration of something to its original, sometimes pristine state. The Torah actively uses the term geulah to describe the Shemitah process as this was a point in time when the land was left to rest and life fallow to allow for rejuvenation. Loans and debts were canceled, restoring people's ability to get back on their feet. Yovel, the 50th Jubilee year was a time when ancestral lands were returned to the original owners and slaves were set free to begin a new life. So sometimes in the events of our lives put us in a difficult situation, we pray for an opportunity to start anew. Then when we say see our affliction, So obviously, when we speak to God and say, see our affliction, the question emerges. Doesn't God see our affliction and suffering? Must we remind him? So this response to this question goes to the very heart of prayer. God clearly sees what's happening to us. He knows our every thought. And according to our rabbi, he truly feels our pain as expressed in Psalms. I will be with him in distress. But yet, even though God knows everything there is to know, he wants us to approach him and demonstrate our belief that he's the only one who can help us. And the Mashiach of the Panevish Yeshiva, Rabbi Yehesko Levenstein, Levenstein put it this way. The purpose of prayer is that we have to realize that we must rely on God. And so the next uh, uh, verse where it says here, and we say, champion our cause, is that we need God to restore us to a normal life. We want God to represent us in heaven against any accusers. A champion who is one who advocates on our behalf because he finds merit in our cause. And Hashem is our champion. So we're blessed to have human champions for our cause throughout our history. Perhaps the most famous of all was Rab Levi Yitzhak Abirdeshev. One of the well-known stories about him concerns a year when Rosh Hashanah occurred on Shabbat. Rabbi Levi Yitzhak was always looking for ways to defend his people against their accusers. So, as he often did, he spoke on their behalf directly to Hashem. You know how much your people love you? They gathered here today to plead for mercy. Hashem, please judge them favorably. You see, today is both Rosh Hashanah and Shabbat when one is not allowed to write. So, therefore, you should not be permitted, one should not be permitted to inscribe them in the book of death. So, yet, when it comes to saving a life, one is permitted to write. So please inscribe them in the book of life for a healthy and happy new year. So the next the next term when we say, for the sake of your name, what does it mean for the sake of your name? So truthfully, God doesn't have to do anything for us. He owes us nothing. And therefore, in times of suffering or danger, the appeal to, to Hashem to save us is for for your name, for his name. Meaning that even if we're not worthy of God's mercy, we appeal to him to help us for the sake of his name. Okay, so this was a formula that Moshe used when the Jews rebelled against Hashem in the desert. Let not the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he delivered them only to kill them off in the mountains and annihilate them from the face of the earth. So turn from your blazing anger and renounce the plan to punish your people. And God renounced the punishment he had planned to bring upon his people. And so essentially Moshe Rabbeinu argued with Hashem and said that if he did not save his people, his name would be disgraced. And other nations would say that Hashem was unable to bring His people to the promised land and that would have been the ultimate Hashem, a desecration of God's name. So if we, we plead to God every day that even though we may not be worthy of being saved He should help us. So as not to defame His name in keeping His long term promise to His people. And then here where we say Redeemer of Israel So why is this blessing written in the present tense when the redemption of our people has not yet taken place? And we understand that the blessing preceding the Shemona Esray is written in the past tense because it refers to the redemption from Egypt. But this blessing is written in present tense. Why? So the answer to our query, once again, is that this blessing is about our personal redemption from pain and suffering and not about the ultimate redemption. And on a personal level, every one of us can experience a geula, uniquely and daily. And this blessing is written in the present tense. And according to Rashi, this redemption is not the redemption from exile, rather it's the redemption from the distresses that we may experience on a constant basis. And it may be said that each of us experiences the need for redemption differently. We each pray that Hashem will restore us to our natural, normal selves. Even those who live a tranquil existence are not and are not experiencing distress can direct their prayers on behalf of those who are suffering so due to the pandemic of 2020 the world of yesterday changed and many lost loved ones Others lost their jobs or businesses our most celebrated family get-together of the year the pesach seder was lonely experience was a lonely experience for many people grandparents and parents uncles and aunts could not join together for this feast many made a seder all by themselves synagogues closed and then reopened under highly restricted conditions and all communal events were cancelled or limited and at such time, this prayer for personal redemption takes on a greater meaning. We value the restoration to normalcy and we pray for it. So now I want to bring out something, just a small um, uh, takeaway here from, from uh, Rig Sheylev, Women in Tefillah, where it says that in terms of women, we, we daven naturally. So we can now understand the natural affinity that women have for prayer. Let's remind ourselves how we describe the opening scene of Adam Alishon's existence. Adam, who was who at the moment of creation was both male and female in one body, is made from Adama. And he understands that he has to rectify his existence by bringing out the potential of the Adama. Both the unique Adama from which he was created and the Adama of the world in which he was he was placed. So he recognizes that he was created deficient for this purpose instinctively he looks heavenward and prays and the moment of prayer is the moment he understands that while he must bring out the potential of the adamah he is totally dependent on the hashpaah influence of shamayim so let's also remind ourselves how we describe the natural role of a woman a woman is parallel to adamah A nurturing and nourishing home for the Hashpahah of Shamayim, which facilitates the creation of life. She too is created deficient for her purpose and is dependent on the Hashpahah of a man to bring out her potential. So what happens when we combine the two concepts? We see that the role of the Adama from its very creation is contingent on prayer. And since the essence of a woman is Adama, her role too is dependent on prayer. And so Hazal take this idea one stage further. They tell us that a woman is not only dependent on prayer, but that on a mystical level, these concepts fuse into a whole. Women, Adama and Tefillah are by nature one. At the deepest level, women daven naturally because Tefillah is their essence and it therefore comes as no surprise that a woman and not a man uttered the quintessential prayer, Hana, like the Imachos, before her had perfected the female role as Hashem had intended in creation. As a woman, she expressed expressed her innermost needs through prayer. Her prayers became the basis for many of the fundamental halachot of tefillah. And her prayers became the inspiration for generations of women, including many of our mothers and grandmothers. So what still needs to be explained is why the tefillah of Hannah and the imachos is expressed through the anguish of childlessness. And why is so archetypal with about a woman praying for a child? And Besat Hashem will continue with our lessons and learning more about these beautiful concepts and, and our essence as women in, in tefillah and also the meaning behind our Amida and what we say. Adonai Leulama, Amen, Be, Amen.